BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Cecilia Lyle. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Good evening and welcome to the Coco Express Show Network for um, Wednesday, November, oh, where am I? Wednesday, July 9th, 2014. And thank goodness it's not time for my show because I don't even know where I am or what date. So I'm going to turn it all over to Relationship Remedies for Us with Linda and Hank. It's about me. It's about you. It's about us. It's about relationship remedies with Dr. Linda Owens Wiley and Hank's group, Join Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Can you believe it's July already? The year is half over. Peace and blessings, everyone. I'm Dr. Linda Wiley, and welcome to Relationship Remedies for Us, the place to discuss hot topics related to the health of your relationship. So bring us your questions, your concerns, and your comments, and most of all, bring an open mind. As always, I'm joined by a man who is an author, a poet, my friend, and my co-host, a man who brings a little extra flavor to the conversation, a man by the name of Hank Stewart. Hey, Hank. How you doing, dog? You know, I'm, I'm always excited to join you because I always leave better. I'll always leave smarter when I'm with you. So, you know, I look forward to this time, and that's, oh. that's, that's real. Thank you. That is so sweet. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's gotten to the point where we really don't get a chance to get together much outside of the show. So I do look forward to it because that's the only time we really have to connect lately, and we really need to do something about that because, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about um, tonight, is it love or is it codependency? And I think what you and I have for each other, definitely no one can say it's codependency. It definitely is nothing but, but real love. So we definitely need to do some things to cultivate that. 
How no doubt. I mean, we've got it's it's going well. You know, it's I'm getting some really good. Um, I got some really good calls for some really good gigs this week, so I'm I'm really excited. I got an opportunity to get a call to perform at the SCLC National Convention in Birmingham. I'm going to perform for the National Council of Negro Women in D.C. And then I got a call from uh, Talladega College uh, wants to honor me for a community service project. So I'm I'm kind of high wow, this week. Congratulations! You know. That's excellent. Yeah, Let's tell you. people the website so that if they want to attend one of those events that you just mentioned, they know when when and where to find you. So what's your website? It's real simple, Hank Stewart, H-A-N-K-S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot net, HankStewart.net, and it gives you all the information and other stuff that's coming up, products, you know, just, just the typical things. But, um, yeah, go out there and check me out and see what's going on. Cool. Excellent. And I know you, um, that some of your work, your poetic work, is like ministry to people because you do a lot of teaching through your work. And so... People who are looking for um, just a different creative expression or a different way to understand relationships better can definitely check out some of your products and get some help in that way. And, you know, when when it comes down to it, I can think of a couple of pieces of yours that even speak to the subject of what we're talking about tonight. Because think about it. Now, have you ever met someone that seemed like all they wanted to do was just take care of us people? I mean, have you ever come in contact with somebody where that's their simply their sole purpose in life? They're just a caretaker, and all they want to do is take care of everybody. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I think it, you're right. It's a codependency. You know, as a matter of fact, it almost seems like they don't have a life of their own, so they're living vicariously through other folk. You know. Um, and, you know, and I, I think life is to be lived. So this is going to be an interesting discussion because I think yeah. codependency, uh, and I think you're going to be able to help some people. I think we're going to be able to help some people, make them look in the mirror and not out the window and kind of see, uh, you know, and I'm sure there's a test. You, you know, you, you always make us look in the mirror and, and, and reevaluate who we are. So that is going to be uh, quite interesting uh, as the conversation yeah. progresses. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's part of the reason why, because, you know, Many times we fool ourselves into thinking that the way we are is a good thing. Like people who feel like they're always doing so much extra to take care of someone, but when you put other people's needs ahead of your own needs and when you are just so over the top with making sure that everyone is okay, that really is a form of codependency. I'll tell you another thing. Have you ever met people who um, just have to have everyone's approval? I mean, everything they do is about pleasing people, and unless they get everyone's approval, and unless everyone likes them, they just feel like they have no purpose, no self-worth. Many times people don't realize it, but that's a sign that somebody might be, be codependent. Or here's, here's one that used to bug me sometimes. When you have, and I don't know that this happens with men the way it happens with women. And by the way, there's a, there's a friend of mine, a brother who told me to, to make sure that I share this with you, he said, now, if I go off talking about codependency and making brothers look bad, he said, you need to step up and represent. He's listened to our show before. He said, but he's counting on you tonight. But um, one of the things from a female's perspective that I think we do, not a good thing, that men don't typically do is women will sometimes put their plans on hold waiting to see what that man is going to do. So your girls might ask you what you're doing for the weekend, you want to catch a movie, you want to go out to eat, whatever, and sometimes she'll want to get back to you because she's waiting to see if she gets that special call. And if he calls 
all bets are off. And sometimes even after they've made plans with the girls, they will drop everything if that guy calls. And so, you know, sometimes when you're that kind of person where your life revolves around someone else and you can't make plans until you know what they're going to do or if whatever you do, you feel like it's not enough, you always have to do more for that special someone. You know, when you want to take care of everybody before you take care of yourself, when you need people's approval, and if you're the kind of person where you really just don't trust anybody. Now, that's a different twist than the direction that I was going in, but if you're the kind of person that really just doesn't trust anybody, everybody has to prove themselves to you, you might be a little codependent. So we're going to talk about codependency tonight because it's so self-destructive. It impacts so many relationships, not just the male-female romantic type, but codependency impacts any type of relationship, and quite often it ends in self-destructive behavior. It is never good to sacrifice yourself for the good of somebody else. So I'm not saying that you should be selfish. I'm not saying that you don't consider other people's feelings, but you never want to be in a position where you're so busy taking care of everybody else that you don't take care of yourself. And you got to. I mean, because here's, a, you know, even when you're on an airplane where they say put your mask on before you help others, <laughs> you exactly. know, I mean, you know, I mean, think about it. If you if you don't take care of yourself, you, I mean, even over your children, if you don't, if you, if that plane is going down and you don't put the mask on you first, you might not be able to help your own children. So right. you got to make sure that you're the best person that you could possibly be. You got to make sure that and if you don't do that, then you're dead. Uh, yeah. the, the family is dead. The, every, everybody around you is dead. I mean, they, you, you're dead weight. You know? That's exactly right. And that was a good example, the thing from the uh, the airplane, because really... I know. I, I'm good like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. Also, you really pull a good one out. I got to hand it to you. <laughs> I got to hand it to you. That was a good one. So we talked about codependency. Let me make sure that folks aren't confused and give you a little definition of me. When we talk about codependency. So there are lots of different ways to define it. And I'm always trying to find a way to say it in just plain English that everybody can understand. So here's one definition that comes from a therapist by the name of Tina Tessina. And the way she describes it is she says, codependency by definition means making the relationship more important to you than you are to yourself. And I thought that was a really good way to do it. She also says it means you're trying to make the relationship work with someone else who's not. So if it feels to you like it's one-sided, if it feels like you're the one that's always trying to do the planning and making the arrangements and, you know, taking care of the other person and making sure that they're okay, if it feels like it's one-sided, you're probably in a codependent relationship or if it's a kind of relationship where it is the most important thing in the world to you, even more important than yourself, then it's probably a codependent relationship. And so we do want to make sure that you have a good understanding of what codependency is because codependent relationships are oftentimes the precursor to abusive relationships. So let's pause for a second. Um, we'll get a really going to play a song for us. And just think about that definition. I'm also going to ask you, maybe while you listen to the song, grab a pen and some paper, because later on in the show I'm going to give you a quick nine-item quiz to help you determine whether or not you're codependent. So let's check out the music, grab a pen and some paper.
I love that song. They do such a nice job with that one, Karen White and Babyface. Really nice mm-hmm. song. And it's really interesting because, you know, love really can rescue you from a lot of things. You know, many times when we're going through something or not feeling good about ourselves, it, it's the true love of somebody else coming into the picture that really makes a difference in your life. Every, every single time. Every single time. Yeah. yeah. One of the things, though, that I would say, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put a damper on the song, but one of the things that I will say is you do have to be careful about being rescued. If all of your your joy comes from that other person instead of you finding joy for yourself or if all of your good feelings come from somebody else, you know, when love is used to rescue in the true sense of rescue, it could be somewhat of a problem. And, and it leads to dysfunctional thinking. And really that's where um, – codependency comes from. I don't know if people are aware of it, but it really started as a term uh, being used by alcoholics back with Alcoholics Anonymous because when, and it's going to sound stereotypical, but this is the way it was back in the day, you typically had men who left to go to work, women who stayed home, and when the men were alcoholics and the women would have to cope for them, they would call into the job to, um, you know, explain to the boss, he's not feeling well, he won't be in today. Or they'd explain to the kids, you know, daddy's not feeling well, he's got a headache, don't make a lot of noise. Or they would just pick up the slack and make sure that everybody walked on eggshells around that person and that person became the center of everything, making sure that he was okay and we did not upset him or set him off, that's where the term really came from. The women were being codependent towards the men, but it has spread since then to cover a number of things, typically addictive-type behaviors, because codependency, codependency symptoms are very common for people who grew up in a dysfunctional home, especially if you took on the role of a caretaker. So quite often, if a child grew up in a home where there was abuse, or if a child grew up in a home where a parent was um, an alcoholic or a drug addict and maybe they had to take care of the family when, when mom was too drunk to get out of bed or maybe even take care of mom, that's where that whole caretaker syndrome started. And a lot of times when people come out of that type of environment, it does lead to codependent behaviors in their relationships. I want to go back to uh, something you used to hear people say, you know, when you, when people are dating and, and, and the person is their world, you know, you, um, you, I, I kind of uh, used to say this when I was setting up a couple of my poems. I didn't want someone to make me happy. I, want the, I wanted them to add to the happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when you, when, you, when you make me happy, when you leave, does my happiness leave with you? a good point. And many times if somebody's codependent, that's exactly what happens. And that's why it becomes abusive sometimes. People can't stand the pain. They really feel like if this person walks out, I'm done. I'm over. And so they do whatever they can to make sure that the person is happy, the person hangs on, because I don't want to be without that individual. So it really is self-destructive. And a lot of people think things like that are, oh, that's sweet, oh, that's romantic, oh, that person really cares for you. No, that's codependency. And it's sort of like there's this continuum. So lots of schools of thought on it. Personally, what I believe, or I should say professionally, what I believe is everybody has a little nugget of codependency in them to some extent. And it may not be around, 
your spouse, maybe it's around your child. You know, maybe you're in a codependent relationship where that kid is on a pedestal and you do whatever you can to help that child, to cater to that child, to be there for them, that kind of thing. So we all have a little bit, and that's fine. But as it grows from a little to being overwhelming, that's when it gets to the point of being some call it a disease. I don't think it's a full-blown disease. I think it's more of like a progressive disorder. And many times it happens and gradually, you know, it's progressive. You don't even realize it, and you may wake up one day and be like, whoa, when did I start feeling like this, particularly around that particular individual? Yeah, and, and, and it's it's slow. You know, it's almost like cyanide. You know, it's a slow it's a slow death. You know, yeah. am, I, am, I, am I giving you some good ones tonight? Cyanide. You giving me some good ones. Look, I mean, there's, there's look, a pattern going here. I'm, hey, look, ahead. watch out there now. Watch out now. I, I, got a whole, I got a whole list over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use everything on this pad tonight. Uh-huh, the that's what it is. You did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> but, but why do both your examples have little hints of death? I mean, that I'm just saying. You know, you talked about if you don't put your mask on, you might look, die. You look, talked about I'm, that. Look, now you talk about cyanide. Come on now. Look, let me let me just contribute to the show. Don't 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 All start right, questioning how I'm contributing. Saying. And now if I come back with a third one that has death, then we need to start talking about something else. <laughs> if you come back with a third one, I'm really gonna be excited. Nothing but excited. They'll be like, Woo, he's really on point tonight. So have you have you ever been in a relationship where you felt like the person that you were seeing was codependent? Yeah, you know, and it's, and it's one of those things where you feel like everything is about you. It becomes too much for the person. That's too that's too heavy for the for the other person. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's a heavy load to carry when you feel like I, if if I don't say the right thing or do the right thing, it's gonna have uh, it's gonna almost be an emotional collapse from from the other person's perspective. That's that's too much pressure. You know, it is, and, and that's why I ask a lot of sisters don't realize that sometimes when you are so over the top loving and cooking meals for him, and I mean, I'm not talking about in a, a marital relationship. I'm talking about you're dating somebody and you're always calling and texting and you want to make sure he's okay. And, oh, you don't have to do that. You need your clothes from the cleaners. Well, I'm going by that way. I'll pick them up for you and you're cooking. When you are so over the top and you notice that he starts backing up, you know, lots of times women will feel like, I don't understand. I'm a good woman. Why do I have a hard time? And that's probably part of it. You have become needy and clingy, and you're smothering that individual, and they start backing up until they're so far back that they're gone. Can't even see them anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and when you get to the point where um, you go to an event and they don't want to be around anybody but you, they, can't, they don't have their own lives. You know what I mean? Yes. That That's too much. I mean, you come home from work and straight from work, uh, it's, um, you know, you're the center of that person's attention, you know, um, you know, it's, it's just too much. I mean, I mean, everybody wants to feel needed and want to feel love, but when it feels as if you're the, you're that person's life, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the part that, um, that becomes a, a bit overwhelming, you know, it yeah. becomes a bit overwhelming. And nobody wants to feel like I'm responsible to make you happy. You know, like you said, it's, yeah. it's just too much. And I like your example about going to an event. When you go to events and there are lots of new people there to meet, why would you just stay up under the person that you came with? Mm-hmm. You already know them. So get out and mix and mingle. And so sometimes people will blame it on, oh, well, I'm shy. Oh, well, you just need to get over that. You know, mix and mingle a little bit. And then when you and that special someone come back together at different points in the evening, it makes it that much more special. I had a chance to miss you for the last 30 minutes because you went left and I went right. 
and now we're back together again in the middle. You can kind of compare notes on who you met and different things like that. But it's very important not to become the center of someone else's life or expect them to become the center of your life. And now, you, go ahead. now, you notice when I said the event, I didn't say a funeral. You see, so when I just said, I just said an event. I didn't say funeral. I just said an okay, event. Very good. Right? Very good. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. This third example, and it was not about death. Appreciate <laughs> it. It was not about death. <laughs> Appreciate it. Good for you. Oh, yeah, the events, I, that, that whole, all that stuff is just so important. And that's, that's why I asked you. I think anybody, really, if you think back, you either were in a relationship with someone who was codependent or you yourself were codependent at some point in time. And sometimes it happens when, you know, maybe you're grieving, maybe you just, um, ooh, I should have said that time, you could be coming out of a bad breakup and, um, <laughs> And so now the, the next person, you know, that rebound person, you always have to be careful. If somebody is just coming out of a long-term serious relationship or they're newly divorced, you really don't want to be the first person that they date because they are still trying to sort through all of their emotions. And the first person that they gravitate towards usually is not going to last. That's the rebound person. That's the person that helps you get over whatever it is you need to get over. And once you're strong again, your needs are different, and you no longer need what that person provides. So you then just kind of move on, and so that's real key. Make sure you're not the rebound person. But, but what if okay? Can, but what is what is what is the relationship that that person came out of was over long before it was over, and then you might be the first person. Do you, is, are you still the rebound person, even if the relate? You know, you know, a lot of these relationships they're over. A relationship is over long before it's over. Yeah. You know, and some people have an opportunity to to mentally have, they have already rehabbed, even though they're not away from the relationship. It was over five years ago. We just took, you know, we just took another three or four years to separate. You know what I mean? And, and so are you still, are person. you still? You are still the rebound person, but it won't be as bad as if it was five months ago as opposed to five years ago. But there's still some things that have to be processed. So let's say, for instance, the relationship broke up there were some trust issues, the first person that you get with, you still have to learn how to trust again. And so even though five years gives it more time, if you haven't been working on trusting someone who is my partner in a relationship, then that person who comes along, the first one, whoever they are, you still need to work through some things. Now, like I said, it's not as bad because you may have done some of your own work but you haven't been with another person, so they're still going to get some residual stuff. But if the rebound person understands rebounding and what you're going through, they can possibly make some adjustments and be there longer term. But it's it's going to take some work, and that's why it's usually good to know um, if somebody is coming out of a breakup and how long ago the relationship ended, all of that, because the rebound person when you come out of a relationship, you're, you're usually kind of codependent, and the rebound person is going to feel all of that, and it's just not going to be a, a pretty situation. So you just have to be careful of things like that. And there is a, a fine line sometimes between love and addiction, you know. And so how do you tell the difference? Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So what are some of the characteristics or things that you can kind of look for? So you know that it's love. If you give one another, like, room to grow and expand 
and you have a desire for the other person to grow. So just like you said, you go to the event, and I want you to go over there and talk to some people. I want you to meet some folks and mingle and do some networking. Maybe you can make some business contacts, whatever the case might be. I want you to do that instead of I want you to stay right here stuck up under me, and if you go over there, I'm going to sit right here in this chair until you come back over here and find me. You know, there's a a contrast there. When you want somebody to grow and expand, you know that's love. When you are trying to hold on and cling, usually that's coming out of some kind of fear or insecurity or loneliness. That's more the codependency side. Give you another um, example. Couldn't, couldn't, okay. couldn't, that be just, couldn't that be someone who's just not as, um, couldn't that be a trait of someone who who might not be as sociable, though? You know, someone who doesn't get out and mingle a lot, does it always have to result in that person being codependent? No, not always. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are sitting and listening to us and had that same thought. Many of the things that we talk about with codependency, remember I said it's like a spectrum. And so there are some behaviors that, you know, everybody, if, if I were to give you a list of 100 traits that make somebody codependent, everybody's going to have a few of those traits. Oh, right, and exactly. That's why, exactly. Right, so that's why I'm saying so So it's like a spectrum. But now if you've got all 100 of the 100 I read <laughs> off, you need to go past those. Or 96, those or 96 yeah, exactly. of those, yeah. <laughs> go straight to get some help. But if you hear a few things here or there, chances are you probably are not codependent because we all do some of these things at some point in time. So another one is uh, it's love when you have separate interests and when you have other friends and you can maintain other meaningful relationships. If you get into a situation with someone where you find that you're cutting your friends off because you just want to have all your time available for that individual or you want to just be absorbed in what they do to the extent that you totally lose what you used to do and what brought you joy, then you're probably moving towards that down that spectrum of being codependent. Um, another one would be encouragement of each other's uh, worth. You know, when, when I encourage you just by the words that I speak and the things that I do, when I'm pouring into you, that's love. The flip side of that is when you're so preoccupied with their behavior that you're always wondering where they are, what they're doing, who they're with, that's moving too much towards the codependency end. So, so there are some things that kind of differentiate. And, you know, throughout the evening I will continue to share more from the list because there are just a number of things, and I don't want to hit you with everything all at once. Um, but I do want people to be able to recognize some of the differences between when is it love and when is it codependency. So if you're just joining us, we are talking about is it love or is it codependency. I'll give you the definition again. The definition that we're using with respect to codependency is making the relationship more important to you than you are to yourself. Codependency means you're trying to make the relationship work with someone else who's not. So if that sounds like you or someone you know, then you might be a little codependent. And before the evening is over, we're going to give you a little quiz. So you want to get paper and a pen. We're also going to give you some tips on how do you avoid or reclaim your self-worth when you're in a codependent relationship. So those are some of the uh, the traits and things we talked about. And when you think about it, if you look like this to people, not just people that you know, but there are all kinds of famous people. I think the, the probably the most famous couple going back as far as you can or as far as I can think of in terms of being codependent might be like 
Romeo and Juliet. You know, when when their love was more important than their lives. You know, if we can't be together, we'll just kill ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely codependency. Now that has don't some love other me things. that much. Don't, that, you know, yeah, don't that love has me that much. Sprinkled into it as well. That was just damn crazy. I mean, that had some other stuff sprinkled in there, but clearly it was codependent. Don't love me that much. I'm don't telling you. <laughs> don't love me that much. Yeah, that was a little crazy. But so so to me, that's like the most famous. But I don't know. Can you? Who, who can you think of? Who are some couples I mean, out there? I mean, I, I think we 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 might have talked about Ike and Tina. You know, oh, um, yeah. that might have been. Um, you know, um, I mean, we we don't want to say you know Whitney and Bobby because it's probably still relatively new, but that might have been some mm-hmm. some codependency there. Because uh, when you think about it, I mean, when when you look at Whitney, for example, um, Whitney's whole lifestyle seemed to change once she got with Bobby. And when people mm-hmm. talk about them, they talked about how she went from being this good, upstanding Christian girl to now doing the drugs and hanging out and doing things. And again, we won't know. We weren't in there with them. But from what people say, from what hit the media, she built a life around Bobby and lost herself. And, and that's a problem. So definitely, and then looks like you said, Ike and Tina. I mean, rather than let her go, Ike was just holding on to it. He'd rather beat her then let her go. So clearly, and that's why I said earlier, many times codependency leads to abuse because when I'm so into trying to control you and keep you close to me and nothing that I say or do works, then I, I resort to physical things in order to make sure that you don't leave. So. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of someone else. I, I know there's got to be more uh, people that we've seen in the in the media um, well, you know, that, I sometimes um, think, um, what's her name, uh, Courtney Kardashian, when you think about her and, you know, I think his name is Scott, the, the guy who's the father of her kids, they are in mm-hmm. such an on-again, off-again, and even though he womanizes and he does all kinds of things, she is constantly going back. And, you know, that's, that's another indication. When you're in that relationship, if you're in a relationship and you know that it's unhealthy and it's not doing anything to make your life better, but you keep going back, you know, a lot of people stay in those self-defeating kind of relationships way too long because they're afraid of being alone or they're afraid that um, they're responsible for their partner's happiness, and if I don't stay, what's going to happen to him or what's going to happen to her? You know, you want out, but you just find yourself constantly being drawn back in. Those are all signs that you're probably codependent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Uh, I, I, I want to ask a question though. When if if we're looking at someone who uh, who's in a marriage, wouldn't we say that they should be committed to that relationship like that? You know, what I mean, to the point where I mean, because that's what you know. We think about this, Doc. We 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 light the unity candle. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we take we take two we take two candles and take them. We merge them to light one candle, and then we blow the other candle out. The other two candles out is mm-hmm. if you know we're now one, and so we're telling you know it's almost as if you know I'm your world, you my world, and we each other's world. Is that is, am I am I reading too much into to the spiritual aspect of the ceremony? Yeah, I think so because okay. I mean, granted, scripture does tell us the two become one flesh, but what it's really saying is you take care of that person and and you want to take them into consideration when you do things, 
but it never says that you do it to your own detriment. And I think that's where the problem comes in. So, again, I, the, for me, there's always a difference between a husband and wife versus whether you're talking about two people who are in a dating relationship. And so, clearly, you definitely want to be self-sacrificing in a marital relationship. But the key there is, now, what I said about um, the dysfunction of codependency is it's one-sided. Remember, in part of the definition, we talked about wanting to um, build the relationship with someone else who's not interested. Um, so you're trying to make the relationship work with someone else who's not trying to make the relationship work. That's what makes it codependent because it's one-sided. In a marital relationship, when the two are submitting one to another, I'm taking care of you as my priority. You're taking care of me as your priority. And so we're both being taken care of. No one is being left with their needs unmet. But when you're in a codependent relationship, someone is going with their needs unmet, and it's usually the codependent person. And so, you know, there are, there are sayings that speak to that. You know, there's a lot of goodness in these old wives' tales, like um, there's a saying that says uh, the person who's least in love controls the relationship. And that's what it's talking about. If you could take me or leave me and I am just hit over heels for you, I'm always in a position where I'm trying to do things to win your love, earn your love, prove myself worth, and you're in control of that. All you really have to do is not call me for a few days and know that when I when you pop up again, I'm going to bend over backwards with, what can I do, baby? How can I make it better? What can I? And that is manipulation. So the person who's codependent in that example would be me. I'm being controlled and manipulated by you because you're, you're the one who's least in love, and I'm the one who's trying to get your love. So it, it's that kind of thing that's what makes it codependent as opposed to being a true loving relationship. So does that help? Yeah, it does. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another uh, saying that I like, I don't know who to attribute this one to either, but this one is, is almost one to live by in terms of why make someone a priority when they only consider you, you to be an option. My, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But was it Maya Angelou who came up with that one? I'm not sure who said that. It might have been Maya who said, you know, don't make someone a, a priority when you they made you their option or, mm-hmm. their, you know, their choice. Yeah, it, it's a very strong uh, statement. I'm not sure. We, we might need to Google and see who made, who made that statement so we can get them proper due. But yeah. you're absolutely right. You know, we're, you're absolutely right. I mean, everything about, you know, all of my decisions are contingent upon how you feel and what you can do. Your decisions about what you want to do. Exactly. And so, you know, I was telling somebody earlier again uh, this evening about um, many times that female, because more often than not, now it's not always women who are codependent, men are codependent as well, but we tend to see it in women more. And so many times that woman who's waiting by the phone before she makes weekend plans to see if that special someone is going to call she's making him a priority. Or if she Mm. has plans with her girls and she decides to drop the plans in order to go with him, she's making him a priority. But you don't know. You might be the third phone call he made and only the first one who was available. You might be an option. If he's somebody that's not committed to you and you never know from weekend to weekend, am I going to see him? Are we going to hang out? It's just up to his whim. You're probably an option. So why are you making him a priority when he's only considering you to be an option? If women would flip the script sometime, I'm telling you, if a woman would make herself unavailable, if she would kind of seem aloof, if she would say, mm, I don't know, let me think about it and get back to you, I mean, it would just 
blow a brother's mind, and he'd have to be like, wait a minute, don't you realize who I am? I mean, for quiet as it's kept, a lot of the stuff that Steve Harvey talked about in that book, and I'm still convinced somebody was speaking into that brother, but anyway, the man, I mean, in that book, there really are some good tips for women. If women would just treat men in many of the ways that men treat women, the whole script would be flipped, and we would have a lot of the power back in relationships, but that's the topic of another show. We can talk about how you get the power in a relationship right now. We're going to stick to the topic of um, of codependency. So let's um, let's play a little music, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you nine questions. You're going to write down your responses, and we'll help you determine whether or not you're codependent. This is a song about love. Yeah. But it's not a good love. <laughs> Sounds like this, then that ain't love. When I work, putting hard days, that's how I keep these bills paid. At my crib, things go my way. Don't give a damn about what your girlfriend say. When I come home, ain't no way in. Should have my dinner on my plate in. Clear the table when my meal is done. And break me off, girl, when I roll How it's gotta be Knew I was thugging when you met me So you know that I don't play around Well I know that Girl don't make me put my Mac hand down you step back. If you want me to be real with you You better do the things I tell you to So don't be tripping just respect you me Cause in back. my house that's how it's gotta be Ain't no talk back Ain't got no time for no tip for tat Girl, you know where your place is at So you better recognize that See, I'm a player from the old school And in my house it's just the same old rule So don't be tripping, just respect me Cause in my house that's how it's got to be You love me, baby
title of that song was That Ain't Love. That was Club Duvo with That Ain't Love. And clearly, if that's your situation, that ain't love. A woman who puts up with that situation definitely is codependent, and that's a relationship that's abusive. So you still have time. If you want to get in on this conversation, if you have a comment or a question, if you're not sure whether or not you're codependent, you want to tell us a story, you can reach us at area code 347 637 2319. Again, 347-637-2319. Give you a couple more traits and then the quiz. So you or someone you know might be codependent if you have fragile feelings that are hurt whenever your efforts aren't recognized, if you have a need to control others, if you have an unhealthy need for recognition or approval, problems with communication, inability to adjust to change, fearful of being alone or abandoned, low self-esteem, the need to be a caretaker, chronic lying and deception, dependency on someone else to have your needs met. If you struggle with depression, procrastination, anxiety, perfectionism, those are some of the characteristics. Now, again, as I've been giving them out to you all night, I just want to remind you, you might hit one or two of those things but if the majority of the traits and characteristics that I've talked about survey, and this is not scientific, this is not a psychological diagnosis, but it is something that will give you a little indication. So I'm going to read nine statements to you. And when I read the statement, write down a number one if you think it's rarely true, two if it's often or sometimes true, and three, if it's almost always true. And at the end, you're going to have to add up your score. So you do want to write them down. So here's statement number one. People are not trustworthy. Is that one, rarely true, two, often or sometimes true, or three, almost always true? The statement, again, is people are not trustworthy. Statement number two. I feel uncomfortable asking for what I want and need. I feel uncomfortable asking for what I want and need. Statement number three, I worry my partner may leave me. One, if it's rarely true. Two, if it's often or sometimes true. Three, if it's almost always true. I worry my partner may leave me. Number four, other people's problems keep me up at night and distracted during the day. Other people's problems keep me up at night and distracted during the day. Statement number five, I give to others much more than others give to me. I give to others much more than others give to me. Number six, when someone I care about is upset, it is my responsibility to help them feel better. When someone I care about is upset, it is my responsibility to help them feel better. Number seven, it is difficult to receive compliments or praise. Again, one if it's rarely true, two if it's often or sometimes true, three if it's almost always true. The statement again is it is difficult to receive compliments or praise. Statement number eight, I don't really believe other people love me don't really believe other people love me. And the last one, if people would just fix their own problems, 
I would be happier. If people would just fix their own problems, I would be happier. So now what you need to do is add up the scores. The lowest you could have is a 9. That would be if you gave everything a 1. The highest you can have is a 27 if you gave everything a 3. So if you have less than 9 or more than 27, you didn't do something right. <laughs> so somewhere between there, add them up, and then I'll tell you what the scores mean. Again, I need to tell you, not a psychological diagnosis, just a little quiz. Someone came up with it to kind of see if you're focused If your score, once you added up your scores for all nine statements, if your score is in the range of 9 through 14, that means you are highly healthy. You have a calm confidence and appreciation of self. You may have moments of doubt or worry, but you also have a strong base of self-worth and trust in others. You can savor intimacy and ask for help. While no sane person enjoys watching another suffer, you can appreciate that your role in their suffering is never the sole cause, nor are you their savior. You can be present and balanced for both your own and others' hard times. If your score was 15 through 21, somewhere in that range, you have room to grow. You have moments of clarity, peppered with stress. You may find that when alone, you can sense being a whole, fulfilled human being, but when around certain people, you can't hear your inner voice as well and you feel a bit shaken. You may be sensitive, unsure of yourself, or wanting attention. You may feel pulled in many directions when someone you care about is hurting. Be aware of all these reactions. Someone else does some particular thing. How do I feel? Or when I believe, like a stressful thought about yourself or someone else, how do I feel and what do I do? And last but not least, if you had 22 through 27, help is out there. You have some things going on that would cause most anybody some emotional stress. Not only can this be internally, spiritually damaging, but nothing exists in a vacuum. Are your relationships with other people all that you want them to be? Do you feel or understand happiness? What role do other people play in your life? And you might want to um, consider counseling, talking to someone, whether it's someone, a uh, counselor at your church or whether it's a, a healthcare professional. There's some good self-help books out there. One that I think is particularly good, um, it's kind of old, it's been around for a while, but it's kind of a, a staple. It's called Codependent No More, and it's written by Melody Beattie. Her last name is spelled B-E-A-T-T-I-E, Melody Beattie, Codependent No More. Hank, I don't know if you took the test, but uh, where, where do you think you would have fallen out? Being below. Some of mine was a zero, so I was flirting with being less than zero, nine. You can't have a zero, I told you. I was, I was flirting <laughs> with less than nine. Yeah, see, that's, that's that new math. That's that new math. I tell you stay in school. That, that's your problem right there. That's that new math. You can't have that. I had a couple. Of, I had a couple. Of, I can't remember which one it was. I think it was three or four. One. What, what was the third? What was the fourth one that you said? The fourth one was other people's problems keep me up at night and distracted during yeah, that's the day. That's the one. Hell no. That was a zero for me. <laughs> yeah. So here, here you go. This is you right here, number nine. If people would just fix their own problems. Fix their own problems. That was a zero. That was a zero, too. <laughs> that was a zero, too. 
So I was in that first wave. If, if I hit nine, I, I barely hit nine. I hear you. But, see, that's why I was saying, you know, it's the kind of thing where, yes, you're going to have some of these things somewhere, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're codependent. Um, we all have some of these tendencies from time to time. Sometimes when you're very stressed out, you might be a little bit more needy and clingy and codependent. But then when you balance back out and you're in your normal state, it changes. We're really talking about the people who are so codependent so much of the time that it's leading to self-destructive behaviors either in themselves, well, it always starts within yourself, but in yourself, um, in relationships with other people, and it's really impacting your health and your happiness because, of course, when you're not right emotionally, it has physical implications as well. And many times what you'll find is people who are extremely overweight because they're emotional eaters, lots of times that's coming from some of the symptoms of being codependent. Um, people who get into addiction, whether it's, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be that the drugs and alcohol. It can be a shopping addiction, a gambling addiction. I mean, there can be all kinds of addictions. People are, get addicted to coffee, cigarettes, what, whatever. When you are addicted to something, it's a, a way of escape and often those same symptoms are similar to codependency. So if you can get a handle on the codependency, just think of all the other ills in your life that you might be able to take care of, and you would have a happier, healthier life. You know, we all want to love and be loved. I mean, that that was put in us, you know, by the creator. We were created to be in relationship. God is the one who looked at Adam and said, it's not good that man should be alone. Let us create a helpmeet for him. So we all want to love, but we find um, ourselves getting into dysfunctional types of love because of patterns of behavior, because of bad role models, because of emotional upsets. All kinds of things can lead us there. So I want to give you just a few things I want to leave you with in terms of if you are looking to make some improvements in this area, you know, maybe you're one of the people who came out in the middle. You had 15 to 21, and you know that there's room to grow. You don't feel quite ready to go see a therapist, but there's some things you want to do. Here are some steps to relation to, I'm sorry, to reclaiming healthy love in your life. And what I'm reading to you comes from an article called Overcoming Codependency, Reclaiming Yourself in Relationships. This is one of the ones that was on uh, the Internet. So one thing is, Visualize yourself in a loving relationship that meets your needs. Many times people don't think that visualization helps, but if you can, just like, you know, the saying used to, used to go, you know, if you, can see, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. You know, you need to see yourself in a healthy relationship. You need to talk positively, give affirmations, because words have power. So if you say it and you can see it, then you can, you can achieve it. If your current relationship is destructive, look at ways you self-sabotage and examine your own behaviors. Self-sabotage is important. Many times, um, and again, I'm going back to the women because I'm speaking about what I know. Most of my clients and so forth have been women in this area. Lots of times women will attach themselves to men who are emotionally unavailable, meaning that you already know this is a hard nut to crack. This brother does not want to be in a committed relationship, but you're determined that you're going to win him over. Or you might find a brother who already has a woman, or you find a brother who has a wife. People do that as a way of self-sabotage. You find somebody who can't love you so that when you don't get the love that you want, you can then go back and and say, see, I knew no man was going to love me, or see, I knew I wasn't worthy of love, those kinds of things. 
So visualize yourself. Number two, challenge your beliefs and your self-defeating thoughts about your self-worth. You don't need to prove anything to another person. One of the things that I'm going to be um, speaking on is um, see yourself as God sees you. You know, you are worthy just as you are. God doesn't make mistakes. He knew before you were even conceived where you were going to be today and what you were going to be doing. And it's all part of his perfect plan if, of course, you are saved. If you're saved, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and he is the ruler of your life, and you're following the path that he has laid out for you, God knew you were going to be exactly where you are today, and he's made provision for that. So it's not a mistake. It's not like you are not worthy. He created you worthy, and you need to grab hold of your own self-worth. You need to notice your negative self-judgment. What negative things are you saying to yourself about yourself? And many times women don't say it out loud, but the motive behind what you do. Like, it's fine if you want to have uh, weave and if you want to have false nails and lashes and if you want to have... Uh, cosmetic surgery to either make something bigger or make something smaller, but if you're doing it because you don't like or you think that you're not worthy, you know, I don't like myself, I'm ugly, nobody's going to want me, if that's your motivation, that's the wrong motivation. You need to work on your negative self-judgment and change your head before you start changing your body. Be kind and compassionate towards yourself. You need to remind yourself daily that it's healthy to accept help from others. Lots of times when people are so independent that they won't ask for help or receive help, they think that's a sign of strength. It's actually a sign of weakness. It is part of being codependent. Counseling, friendships, online resources, all of those things can be tremendously helpful to supporting you in your journey of finding a healthy relationship. And then the last tip that they give is don't let your fear of rejection stop you from achieving loving, intimate relationships. I mean, no is a part of life. If you're on the planet long enough, you're going to hear no over and over and over again, so don't let it get in the way. And if there's someone who can't appreciate you for who you are and what you bring to the table, rather than feeling rejected, just recognize that that was not the person for you. You know, you don't have to badmouth them. You don't have to put them down, and you certainly don't want to internalize that. Just realize, okay, one less person to check off the list. That's not the one. Let me keep looking. He's out there somewhere. So, you know, put your shield down. Let others in. Don't put that guard up and, and keep everybody from, from getting close to you because you're afraid of being rejected. And that actually links back to some of the, the things about the sabotage. Many times because we don't want to be hurt, we don't let anybody get close, and that's another way of sabotaging ourselves. You're never going to find love if you won't let love in. So, just a few tips to hopefully help you get on a better track. Um, I don't know, Hank, after hearing some of those, any, any thoughts or comments that you'd want to share? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just glad we did this show. I think everything that you added tonight, all of the tips, all of the, the quizzes, I think, you know, if anybody listened, I mean, even if it didn't apply to you, you know someone that does apply to and you can actually help somebody. So um, I, I think everything that you, you mentioned tonight, all of the um, – the songs that were played, the, the you know the examples that were given, uh, really spoke volumes tonight uh, to us looking in the mirror at ourselves. I mean, I'm everything that you said. I was simply thinking, okay, is that does that apply to me? Does that apply to me? And I'm talking about honestly, not that you have to answer for anybody else, but to honest, honestly be able to answer that about yourself is yeah. where the true uh, help comes. And 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 I think that's what we did tonight. I think that's what you were able to help us do tonight. 
So thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and as we say, you know, look in the mirror, not out the window, because you have to start Mm -hmm. with yourself. But also, if it doesn't apply to you, reach down and help somebody else. When you look at the news and you see the number of young people that are, you know, being accused, whether rightfully or not, of raping and sexually assaulting and violating and beating up other people and killing their friends in the woods, and, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. There is so much dysfunction And it all starts with this small little root. Now, I'm not saying that all dysfunctional behavior starts with codependency, but I am saying that if we can tackle codependency, there are lots of other things that we would prevent in the form of self-destructive behavior as well. So um, it's always a pleasure. I love the perspective that you bring to the conversation. I look forward to our conversation every month. And so hopefully we have said something tonight that has helped someone. I'm hoping that people are still listening to us, spreading the word, you know, tell your friends, you know, put it out on Facebook. Typically we're on the first Wednesday of the month, but because of the 4th of July holiday week, we're doing it the second Wednesday. We tend to do that when there's a holiday. But join us next month, first Wednesday of the month at 8 o'clock, same time, same place, and just let people know. Spread the word because we want you to call in, listen in, ask questions, email, do whatever you need to do because we're here to help make things better for you and for us as a people. So it's my desire to strengthen families by prescribing remedies for your relationship challenges. We do it one relationship at a time, and we thank you for letting us speak into your life. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in, and come back for more Relationship Remedies with Dr. Linda and Hank. Because it's all about you, it's all about me, It's all about us.